Welcome, welcome, welcome back again. It's another episode of BG and the Coach after yet another inexplicable hiatus. We are back in the saddle <laughs> with you as always. I am the coach and with me is BG. BG, what's going on? Coach, great to be back. At this point, I think we're fairly described as a hiatus show that occasionally puts an episode out. But we are back. It's the beginning of 2023. I think we're back for good this New time. New Year's resolution. Let's go. Yeah. Sit down, get ready for an onslaught of podcast episodes. Mm-hmm. And we've got a real treat today because we are bringing back our most popular segment, taken out of context. We've got a great one that we're going to yep. get to at the end of the show. And not only that, but in honor of us coming back from hiatus, we are living up to our billing. We have described ourselves as the intersection of sports and pop culture. <laughs> We kind of forgot about the pop culture part. You know, sometimes you get to like a street corner and one of the signs is just knocked down. Like (laughs) the cross street sign is gone. That's what it's like for our show at the intersection of sports and pop culture. But the pop culture street sign uh, got destroyed in a gnarly fire years ago. (laughs) Either that or we're like that cheap motel where half the letters have burned out. So we're like the intersection of sports and culture at this point every bulb in culture is out. yeah it's just sports and pop uh we (laughs) kind of forgot about the culture part but in honor of us coming back and sticking around for good we are actually going to dive into our topic main topic of the day a sports and pop culture intersection if you will and i want to talk about netflix sports shows coach and that is the most pop, I don't know about the most popular, one of the more popular shows for Netflix is a show called Drive to Survive. It's a documentary about Formula One racing. I'm pretty sure it debuted in 2019 and nobody heard of it until COVID hit and everyone was like, uh-oh, I need TV to watch. What's this thing? It looks like a cool racing show. Oh, is that I, true? It came out, I thought it's, it's so big right now. I assumed it just came out. No, it's huge, but I'm pretty sure it came out in 2019. Uh, You can probably just look it up and know for sure, but I am 99% sure. Good enough for me. It came out a year before COVID. I think did fine and languished Mm -hmm. a little bit, and then all of us picked it up during COVID, and I include myself, and we've all now become massive Formula One racing fans. I'm pretty sure if you would have told me, asked me what's Formula One before I saw the show, I would have thought you were talking about baby formula during that shortage. But now I check F1 standings on ESPN.com. What? I want to go to a Formula One race. I know all of the drivers' names and their quirks. At this point, I'm pretty sure I know F1 just as well as I know. Definitely more than fringe sports. I follow football more, but I want to attend F1, and I don't want to attend football. So the show has obviously created a huge following in the States. Formula One actually added another American race to its schedule because it's become so popular. With the documentary. I think the next season that drops will be season five. Long story short, it's huge. What, there are four seasons of this thing? Yeah, and what's crazy about how successful it is, is it airs after the season. So at this point, everyone who follows it knows what happened, and yet it's still wildly successful, even though you know which team is going to win at the end of the year, which individual racer is going to win at the end of the year. You know everything that happens, and it's still compelling and exciting. So it's it's hats off to them. And obviously, because anytime there's a TV show that's good, you need a million spinoffs. Just last week, Netflix dropped a similar thing for the world of tennis. 
And I'm pretty sure in about a month or two, they're going to be dropping one for golf. Coach, as our audience probably knows from your questioning, you have not seen Drive to Survive. I want to know, what would it take for you to watch it? And would you watch any of the spinoffs that are coming out? And let me level set with both you and our dear listeners. I don't think I even knew what F1 stood for (laughs) until you just kicked things off for us right now. I, I jotted down in the coach notebook here that I keep handy that for some reason after years remains completely empty except for doodles on the outside margins. And I beautiful calligraphy for. for some reason. Your <laughs> penmanship is amazing. <laughs> long, long been a hidden talent of yeah, mine. Yeah. I find it helps a ton on podcasts. It's what makes it's, or breaks a good podcast. Yeah, listen, we're nothing if not high class. Penmanship. Yeah. <laughs> So I, that's just a level set on how little I know about it. You're right. I have not watched any of it. I have seen, I just saw this weekend, the tennis, I guess, version spinoff of it only because it was like, like in the top 10 for Netflix. And I was like, yeah. why in the world would a tennis docu-series or whatever it is be featured so high? So your question was, would I watch it? I am, I now I will based just on the fact that you're checking standings online? What does that even mean? <laughs> I could tell you the race standings for Formula One, which is beyond my imagination. If you had asked me that years ago, I would have laughed in your face. And now I literally will go and Google F1 standings. And sometimes I don't even have to do that because ESPN prominently features race results now. All right, let me cut to the heart of this. I have so many questions I could pose, and yet I'm going to the core one right away. Is it not just cars going around in a circle on a NASCAR left turn after left turn after left turn? So, Coach, you actually asked the golden question because what I have not ever done, even though I love the show, Mm -hmm. is actually watch an F1 race beginning to end. I have never tuned in to watch a race. I do want to attend one. I think the atmosphere of a race would be awesome. I haven't watched one on TV. But the show itself is so compelling because it takes you into the drama between the drivers it it lets you get it and there's only ah. 20 there's only 20 drivers in the top tier formula one so they have a, a limited amount of people to profile which is how it works because they can really do a deep dive on some of these drivers and they do show some race footage and the race footage is incredibly exciting i'm like on the edge of my seat and yeah it's okay. just going around and around <laughs> but i'm telling you coach until you've seen a driver try and get around another driver. You haven't lived. Okay. I'm peeling the layers on this onion as you're talking. Now I'm starting to understand it. All right. You don't care about the sport at all. It just happens to be like many other Netflix documentaries. What I'm hearing is just about the drama, about the drivers. They could be do anything. Like they could be anything. They could be chefs in a kitchen or they could be sales associates at a retail place. I can get picking up from you. Tell me if this is accurate. You're, it's just about the drama between the drivers and they happen to be racing. But then they just take that and splice in some footage of some cars exploding while they're going a thousand miles an hour and you've got an entertaining show. Is that what it is? Or is uh, it really I, the sport I think that's so compelling? I think your take is a good one, but I do think for a lot of reasons it's about the sport. One, I do think there's a big difference between high-speed, super-intense racing and the kind of racing they do is insane given the speeds they go at and how you can't appreciate a coach until you watch it but the track is so small and they're going at such high speeds it's really insane i think that's part of it and i think the sport itself because there's only 20 drivers because they race every weekend during race season 
like that leads to a lot of conflict and a lot of big personalities yeah. within the sport itself. I will tell you, I'm not a, a cooking guy. I don't think I would watch the same show if it were about competing chefs. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'd get super into it, but I'm really into Drive to Survive. Yeah, the thing that's throwing me off about my theory is that you actually, again, check the standings, yeah. which has nothing to do with <laughs> what sounds like the bombastic personalities of these drivers. You actually are, I guess I'll say it, love of the game for you. Yeah, well, and not only that, by checking the standings, I'm ruining the next season of the show. If I actively stayed away from the results, <laughs> I'd be surprised by what happens. But I'm going to ruin the next season because I genuinely am interested in the sport. And again, I'll caveat this by saying I have never watched a race beginning to end on TV. But I do follow the sport nominally now, and I, I do want to attend an event. I think it's insanely expensive. But if I could do it on the cheap. I do well, it. Yeah. I'm sure now it's insanely expensive based on how popular it's become. This also makes me think about whoever <laughs> whoever produced this series. So you told me it was created in 2019, has four seasons out, languished for years, and now suddenly has caught absolute fire. Huge. I want to put myself in the shoes of the creators <laughs> of the show. This is the equivalent of you and me, BG, putting together this show for years and having. <laughs> Almost no listeners. And then one day we wake up and it's millions of listeners out of nowhere who've just been sleeping on the show. This is how I'm hoping things play out. I I was going to say, I think that's what we'll be talking about (laughs) next week, right? That's, uh, I just can't imagine like a guy wakes up. He's just been churning out episodes that are buried underneath all these Netflix titles so deep that no algorithm can reach them. (laughs) And suddenly like three years later, they're number one. I, I do think it got popular at the beginning of COVID. So I, I think like it's been building and now it's just like blindingly hot. And now the fact that they're coming out with multiple spinoffs, I think is probably helping the popularity of the original. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's huge. The spinoffs have got me thinking too. Like I want, so you're saying they've done tennis, they're doing golf. Like these would not be my top choices for spinoffs. It's almost like they're trying to pick the worst candidates. Yeah, although I will give it to them. They're clearly picking individual sports. They can focus on individuals. I think the idea is this wouldn't work on a team basis. I totally disagree. And coach, I know you agree with me that baseball should be the next spinoff for this. Because baseball is a sport that is underappreciated. It's incredible. And I just think it needs the Netflix uh, lipstick on it to take it to the masses where it should be. I feel like if they did a baseball one, and I'm just going to be as blunt with you as possible, (laughs) it would be the type of situation where, you know how like Netflix is going to like ads and like they're upping their prices. I feel like that baseball series would be the one thing where they're like, we're not going to do ads and we're going to pay you to watch it. It's the one show that we're making an exception for to just desperately boost viewership. Would it be the equivalent of Elon Musk buying Twitter? Would we just would Netflix just implode within a day? I think so. I really I I'm I'm just going to skate right past the baseball suggestion. I do want to hear if you if you think there's another individual type sport that would be a good candidate. But I'm already thinking over here, I've got much better candidates than tennis and golf. I'm just trying to order them in my mind. I'm going to do, let me quickly do descending order. Descending order, okay? Because I've got some ties here in my mind still. I need to think it through. But two and three in some order would be 
boxing, maybe it's like four, three, and two, would be boxing, UFC, and WWF wrestling. And I'm actually going to slot WWF <laughs> well, into number two, and I'll explain I mean, why. WWF wrestling is a show, so it might be hard to do a... <laughs> But I mean, they have the show themselves, but that's the equivalent of like their games, right? That's that's true. I'm that's thinking true. like doing a show in depth about what you're describing, the characters behind the show and the drama behind the show. So I'm grouping first boxing and UFC, very simple reason, like straightforward, right? They're not exactly bland vanilla characters when you're talking about people willingly partaking in a sport where they're bashing their brains in. So that would make for the highest of drama. I'm all in on that. WWF wrestling is my number two, and I will keep calling it WWF because <laughs> I won't let go of the 90s. As you shouldn't, As by the way. Should, yeah, I think we every listener would agree with that. WWF gets the second slot solely because it's the <laughs> same thing that I mentioned with UFC and boxing, plus the fact that they force them to dress in like underwear and like the most bizarre spandex driven outfits possible. There's like a whole layer added on there as a grown man who is built like a professional athlete to willingly then partake in something that's made up and you're in costume. It's just a whole bizarre layer that I need to see that would slot it right into number two. And also like F1, weirdly getting a lot more prominent on ESPN, which I haven't fully understood. Appreciate. It is. Just haven't fully understood. It is I never thought I'd see Ric Flair as a headline <laughs> on ESPN multiple times a year. I'm all for it. You know I love me some 16-time world champion Ric Flair. Just never it's thought just, I'd see it. It's so strange to see like a legitimate football headline, legitimate basketball headline, and then tucked in between them is something about like what's <laughs> happening in WWF, like just <laughs> a soap opera for grown men. It's I, the fact that it is as mainstream as it could possibly be is will forever be bewildering to me, <laughs> but all the more reason that my number two pick would be, would absolutely take off, which brings us to number one on my list. And this one right away, when you brought this up, this isn't even debatable FIFA. I know this isn't an individual sport, oh. but I'm going to take the true crime appeal. That is we're going records. back on hiatus. We're going back on hiatus. It's <laughs> over. <laughs> Hear me out on this. True crime. Every third show on Netflix is a true crime docuseries at this point. And I mean everything. They're digging up. I I kid you not. This weekend, the number one Netflix movie is called something along the lines of like the hitchhiker (laughs) and like a weapon that he had. And he bashed someone in the skull. I don't know. It's the most bizarre title. They're going to shorten that, I think, a little bit. It's that's working title for now. But it's director's cut right now. <laughs> they're they're still they're still working on it. Given that FIFA is an endless amount, and this is international soccer of corruption it, all over the world, from the Caribbean to across Europe. It doesn't matter where you go. This is something you could churn out. You want to talk about seasons? This is unlimited seasons, hundreds of seasons you could get off of FIFA. Okay, here's where I think you're going off the rails a little bit, Coach, and this is why I don't want to give you homework. I'm going to give you homework. I think you got to watch one episode of Drive to Survive. I am. Here's where I think we're going off the rails a little bit. I agree with you. FIFA would be an incredibly compelling subject because they're quietly, other than maybe the the NFL, which we don't talk about enough, the most corrupt organization on the face of the earth. Mm -hmm. Literally awarded the World Cup to a country that then had like 6,000 migrant workers die just so we could put on the World Cup. And we we just kind of swept that under the rug. Mm -hmm. So I'm with you on all that about FIFA. 
here are the problems with doing FIFA as a spin-off season of the Drive to Survive stuff. I think it would work as a true crime doc because of how terrible of a company they are. I think it would work like your typical Netflix documentary, like the Fire Festival stuff. Mm-hmm. That would be insanely compelling. The problem for me is I'd want all of the focus to be on how awful the executives are. And I don't know how you would tie in the actual matches. And and I will say this as someone who's not knowledgeable on all things soccer, but I feel like there's like 20,000 different divisions and 80,000 different players. Those numbers are right. Let me just confirm those numbers. Those are correct on the nose. I looked those up. I think it's as accurate (laughs) as the 2019 start of Drive to Survive. Um, So I just feel like that's, like one of the criticisms I read about the tennis one is that there's too many tennis players. And so you don't get that same tight focus on different people. And with FIFA, I feel like it would just be bonkers off the walls. Like, I don't even know what you would focus on. All right. I actually think if not for the violent, and I think the same problem is with boxing and UFC, and there's like too many weight classes. So I think it'd be like hard to like, what are we going to focus on? WWF, I'm, I'm, I'm done for anything that involves yeah i was gonna say i knew number two just yeah we would definitely agree on that yeah sign me up and also because you you're right you would show the actual matches but then i'd get to see the behind the peak curtain i'd be a little bit worried about the long-term sustainability uh given what happens to most of our favorite wrestlers but uh i i'm down i'm down for anything involving wwf and i would like at least three episodes to focus on the history of the nwo That one I knew we would That's agree on. That's a deep on. cut for our listeners. <laughs> That's, that, all right. We alienated at least 97% of our <laughs> listeners on that one, but the 3% who are all in on that, you're they our people. Are in. They you are, are in. our people. Okay. You're, uh, I agree with you on the soccer thing. I went off the rails. I got too deep into the Netflix piece. Yeah. Uh, I just want to get to the top spot in Netflix, and that true, you have to be true crime <laughs> at this point. It has to be. It's got to be better than the apparently number one movie, Hitchhiker, find someone, <laughs> Hitchhiker. hit them with a blunt object, and now Hitchhiker is on the loose. Because, whew, that is a mouthful. I, I can't wait for people to be listening to this episode months from now, and this movie <laughs> has become like just absolutely etched into pop culture. And this is a good time to remind you, we are at the intersection of sports and pop culture. So definitely come here as I butcher completely the top movie in America <laughs> right now. Also excited to go log in and find out it's called The Hitchhiker. (laughs) (laughs) I thought there was a subtitle under there. It might have been as simple as that. Uh, Let me just tell you, all 80,000 FIFA players are watching that show as we speak. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing that they've been able to keep it at that whole number, too. I heard they actively, it's like F1. Like, they keep it to 20, and that's it. If you're the 21st, sorry, Chief, you're out. 20 and 80,000. Makes sense. (laughs) All right, BG. I know we're, we're up on time here, but it is time to launch into a favorite segment here on BG and the Coach. Taken out of context. Oh, you bring so, it back. So nicely primed for us. And this week's Taken Out of Context comes to us from the balmy oceans of, oh, Cleveland, Ohio. Never mind. Oh, send a the postcard. Cleveland coach. Browns. So their season ended uh, recently. They're not in the playoffs. There's really... No news coming out of Cleveland, except for the fact they have a player named Jadavian Clowney, who in his day has actually been a very good NFL player, but is not anticipating that he's going to re-sign with the team. And in what may have been his final press conference, he went on the record with a reporter 
to basically, I'm going to summarize it here, but basically said two things. One is that this team doesn't believe in me and they're not using me in the right way. And two is that he has a teammate who is a superstar teammate, a fellow defensive lineman named Miles Garrett, who he basically said, all they're trying to do is get Garrett into the Hall of Fame. And for him, they feel like they're just moving him out of position to accomplish that. They're moving him out of the right role and plays to accomplish that. So he both railed against the team as well as his superstar teammate, which is a huge no-no in sports in general. And again, this I'm, should I just quote it? I feel like when we do Taken Out of Context, we need to show how ironclad yeah. <laughs> the context is on this. So <laughs> here's what he says. Quote, I just feel like I need to be around somebody that believes in me and my ability. You're all just trying to get Garrett into the Hall of Fame when all that matters is winning. He then went on to say, I'm not doing that. I'm old. I've done my job. I don't have time for that in reference to them moving him around to different positions. I made my money. I'm doing this because I love the game. But if they keep doing things like this, they're going to make me not love the game. So suffice to say, the reporter said, uh, I'm going to take this verbatim yeah. and print this in my story. And he was like, yeah, no, that's that's definitely fine. They print the story. He comes out and immediately hits everyone with a, whoa, 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 whoa. They took me way out of context on this. And he apologized to both the team and his teammate, Miles Garrett. Okay. I got a couple thoughts on this, Coach. And I'm so happy that for our long-awaited return we had such a gift mm-hmm. of a perfect taken out of context dropped into our yeah. lap first off as you said this could not be more ironclad in context i can't even if i tried come up with a situation where this was out of context i don't even think that people who say taken out of context understand what that means like there needs to be a proper context for it to be taken out of and there is no other context this could come up with like you said and i'm happy to see that journalists are pushing back now after he said that the reporter came out and said no 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 as coach alluded to, we had this entire conversation. I even said at one point, hey, I'm, I'm going to print all this. We're on the record. Do you want to go off the record? And he said, no, 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 keep doing this. So the whole thing is ridiculous. The one benefit of the doubt I will give Mr. Clowney, do you think he's just referring to the fact that he said, I'm old, and that's what was taken out of context? Because he is not old. So maybe he's just a little upset that that got put in there. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I met old in football years. Yeah, you got to take into account football years here. Exactly. Like that's, I don't think I know what his age is, but I mean, we've been so spot on with all our stats to date that I'm going to say he's like early to mid thirties is a pretty safe bet. I was going to guess 31. And by guess, I mean, say with absolute confidence. Yeah, that's more like it. That's what people come to expect when they come to BG and the coach. So that's like for a defensive lineman who's really getting battered and bruised every game. That's old in in NFL terms. I don't know if he would want that back. I think he may be thinking about the fact that, oh, like maybe other teams might not want to sign me and I may have to come groveling back to Cleveland. Maybe I should just hedge on this statement just a little bit. Oh, I hope for the love of God that he has to go back to Cleveland. And talk to <laughs> superstar Miles Garrett. Also, I would love to know how that apology went. Because again, there's no, unless he literally just said, hey, my bad, I apologize. There's no way around those words. And I, I no. hope Miles Garrett didn't buy a, they took me out of context apology. 
Nope. He was actually quoted as saying, listen, I know he was frustrated. We've all been frustrated, but I wish we could have talked about this man to man. I wish he would have handled it a little bit differently, which I'm going to put this through the translator, the PR translator. When someone says, we should have talked about this man to man, that means you're dead to me. When someone says, I wish he would have handled it, quote, a little bit differently, that means that you've handled it in the single worst way possible and the bridge is completely burned. Yeah, going to be interesting to see how that free agency goes for Mr. Clowney now that people know that this is how he handles his business. Yeah, I think the same thing happened last year, by the way, where he thought he was leaving Cleveland and they just signed him again, even though he thought he was out the door. So there is precedent here. And like, I think the only way Clowney gets out of this is genuinely like bringing the reporter and somehow having her admit that she completely fabricated the entire quote. Anything short of that, there's no way around this and you know deshaun watson is sitting there in the corner going does that does that work does the taken out of context thing work let me just why don't you run that take that for a test around jadavian and i'll i'll work it on my own well let me tell you coach what's not taken out of context <laughs> and that's how good bg and the coach podcast is we are back we're here to stick around oh, yeah. we're gonna be flooding wherever you find your favorite podcast with podcast episodes so if you want to keep listening if you want to listen to our old episodes you can wherever you find your favorite podcast. You can also interact with us on Twitter, as long as that's still around by the time this drops. <laughs> you can find us at BG and the Coach. And until next time, enjoy a cold, cold scoop of the Grutens. Mm-hmm.